0: everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Gobbler Country podcast. On today's episode, we will take a look at this weekend's game between the Virginia Tech Hokies and the Old Dominion Monarchs. I'm your host, Brian Manning, and joining me is my co-host, John Schneider. So, as everyone knows, this is a rematch of the ugliest game in recent Hokie memory, as last season of September 23rd, to be exact, the ODU Monarchs beat the Hokies 49-35, to in Norfolk in a game that effectively ended a once promising 2018 season that began with a huge road win at Florida State. But after that game in Norfolk, things went downhill, both on the field and behind the scenes. What's your take on that,
1: John? We did better in a lot of respects on the offense. But instead of looking like playing a, a mid-major or a group of five team, it looked like we were playing a Big 12 game. It was ridiculous. We, we our defense completely collapsed.
0: Yeah, I I went back and looked at the numbers from last year's game and and they're ugly, man. Their quarterback Blake LaRusa, who wasn't even the starting quarterback, who was kind of like an emergency backup, took the took the reins and these numbers, 30 for 49, 495 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. I mean, you look at each one of those stats and imagine those against bud foster it's pretty remarkable
1: it was and um, part of the problem was as it was all season anybody that changed anything up from what the game plans were nabbed us.
0: yeah absolutely and of course we'll all remember that game as one reason to remember that game not for besides the outcome and the embarrassment of it Josh Jackson, that was the last game he would ever play in a Virginia Tech uniform as he was injured, had a leg injury that game, was out for the season. He, of course, would transfer after the season. That's also the game where Trayvon Hill sort of um, embarrassed himself, to say the least, after the game and was removed from the team. And, well, we all know what happened after that.
1: Right. So where we got to go is um, this team has to decide that it is a not going to throw the ball away this week, because ODU does not have the best defense, and they've lost their pass rush. They barely beat FCS Norfolk State in uh, last weekend. They, it was it was like twenty twenty four twenty one or something like that. It was it was it was a tiny score. Yeah, you're right, twenty four twenty one, and uh, so. I don't see them being a, a big challenge unless we go out and beat ourselves.
0: Well, and that, and that's possible. As we know, last week in the game at Boston College, the defense looked like early that it was going to be a repeat of last year. And to Bud Foster's credit, to the rest of the guys, they really turned it around. Of course, there's the last, um, the last essentially last play for the defense on that third and nine with about two minutes remaining where the actual – they knew a run was coming and we couldn't stop it. They gained 12 yards. As you know, the game, the rest is history. That was an embarrassing moment. But other than that, outside of the first quarter and a half, the rest of the game, this, this defense played pretty well last week. I was
1: impressed by a lot of the young guys. There was a lot of stepping up and this this week, that kind of stepping up means that maybe the D can turn the tables a little bit. Now here's the problem. This kid, what is this kid's name? Smart, but yeah, it's, it. it's uh, what?
0: Smart with two T's, so he's really yeah. smart.
1: Yeah, I guess, and he runs.
0: Yeah, he's a big kid, 6'4", 220, big fast, uh, big arm, Juco transfer. Last week, he he was, uh, wasn't was really effective passing the ball, but, but he did run for 50 yards and a score, so that's always a concern against this Bud Foster defense. As we know, we've talked about it ad nauseum over the years how athletic quarterbacks give this team trouble, but it's they've done better in recent years and let's hope they do better this weekend because you don't want a team that's overmatched. And I don't say that saying the Hokies are Alabama, but ODU is overmatched coming to this game. It shouldn't be close. That's not saying it won't be close, but you start letting the quarterback run all over you, break free, break containment, all that big things can happen for them. Young defense loses confidence,
1: gets frustrated. You never know what can happen. We're going to, uh, and in a front row seat uh, come noon to find out what what's going on and whether this team recovers or not. And it and it, it is a recovery. It, it's a recovery effort.
0: It, it is a recovery. That's that's well stated. I think the Hoosiers come out there and they win win by two three touchdowns. I think the fans would be happy if they could win by four or five touchdowns because we all want a reason to celebrate a high scoring game early Saturday afternoon. Get get done. Go party. Do whatever you want. Three o'clock, the day's young, Hokies win, everybody's happy, move on to next week. Then you kind of re- forget that Boston College game and what happened last week because is, 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 that wasn't an embarrassing loss last week. It was a game the Hokie should have won, but it was not an embarrassing loss. So, But uh, getting a win here, getting a win next week against teams they should throttle will get Hokie fans feeling a little better about this team and heading into uh, the ACC part of the schedule.
1: Yeah, well, like like they say, the big the big game ACC wise is going to be the Duke game on the 27th, the night of the 27th, and uh, we'll see how that all works out. Hopefully, we don't get hit by anything. The, weather geeks are saying that, that, that the storm season is going to be interesting this year. Yeah, and,
0: it's, and that's an un, remind everyone, that's an unusual Friday night game. So usually we only play the Friday night games, uh, Black Friday, generally. There's been some Friday night
1: games over the years. So with everything we've talked about, we're going to take a break and come back with a little bit more information in our predictions. We'll kind of go over... ODU again a little bit we'll
0: preview a couple of former Hokies who might have uh, some big plans this weekend
1: against the Hokies so hang in there and gobbler country talking turkey you'll be right back with you
0: as we said before the break uh, a couple of ODU monarchs may be familiar to Hokie fans wide receiver Eric Kuma and tight end Chris Cunningham who both entered the transfer portal after last season both of course graduated from Virginia Tech, but had a year of eligibility remaining and chose to go to Old Dominion under very different circumstances. John, what's your take on each
1: one of these guys? Oh, Kuma. We knew that as things happened, he was uh, very unhappy over over time. And uh, I think his his departure has not been a bad thing for the locker room. Uh, We'll leave it at that for him. I think Cunningham was looking at he, he was he had, he was number three in the depth chart suddenly as a senior as a super senior as a redshirt senior and he's staring at at, at two other sets of numbers twenty nine and eighty and you know it, you know, Mitchell and and Keen and I, I just don't think he saw that he was going to get the field time.
0: No, I think with with uh, Cunningham it was more of a situation where. He was behind some talented guys like Dalton Keene and James Mitchell and even the freshman Nick Gallo and he saw that he won he was heading toward a possible chance at an NFL shot and it wasn't he wasn't going to get the time here to have an audition with the NFL Scouts and with Kuma, I think you pretty much nailed it. I believe Kuma had some ball intense, not a bad kid just had some attitude issues and struggled with not being the top guy here because. He wasn't going to beat out Trey Turner. He wasn't going to beat out Hazleton. He wasn't going to beat out Hezekiah Grimsley in the top three. So he's not a slot guy anyway, but he wasn't going to beat out those guys. He was unhappy about it. And, you well, know, he left on some bad terms with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it was a bad taste on that one. Uh, we just, Like I said, we won't go into it. We want to leave all that behind us. That's over, Leave it, in the past. We've got one other person that's an old hokey that uh, we're going to be familiar with and that is Steiny.
0: Yep, that's that's right. And of course we all know Steiny was a big part of Frank Beamer's staff for many many years and
1: for the think- uninitiated Steiny is is our old nickname for Brian Steinspring, the former tight ends coach and then offensive coordinator uh under Frank Beamer. Correct and and with Steinie, I, I, I'll always
0: maintain that I do believe he got a little bit of a bum rap here. I think he got too much blame. Well, the offensive coordinator is always the most unpopular person on a coaching staff, and that's that goes for any level. And that was happened with Steinie a lot. I think Steiny did a good job. He was a good recruiter for many years, and he was a good he was a very good offensive line coach for for his. He was a big reason during the rise to prominence there. He did a good job with the offensive line. And now he's with um old Dominion as a tight ends coach and I'm sure he'll wanna wanna get this one under his belt. I think he's got good he's on good terms with the Hokies and everything, but you know, he still wants to win.
1: Yeah, and and he also knows I mean Foster's very good friend and he also knows Foster's defense from from long and Bud has not changed up much. So we're, we're going to see something interesting either. Bud changes up stuff or it's going to be, uh, you know, a bloody nose here and a, and a poked eye there. It's going to be a tough fight in, in uh, between our offense and their defense just because they're going to know the signals.
0: Yeah, looking at their looking at their offense, they have outside of Kuma and Cunningham, of course, they've got a player that really strikes my eyes that's running back Lala Davis. He's a – uh redshirt freshman from local Lynchburg at Heritage High School. He was um he was a record breaking back in high school, one of the better backs in the state. Wanted to come to Virginia Tech, only got a preferred walk-on opportunity. Well, he's now the starting running back for the Monarchs. He's a very good running back and he'll have a good career there.
1: We were bitten again by the lack of scholarships, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, yep, and um uh, and they they chose other guys who, well, we can't say that they were the right cho- right choice is the wrong choice yet but you got guys like Caleb Stewart who they offered a spot to we we have not we have yet to see if that decision will pay off but I like Davis I thought he would have been a good good spot in a good spot here but it didn't work out and I think he's going to in a good place there and he'll have a good career and they have some good they have some good players on offense I don't know too much about the defense right now as you said they lost their best pass rusher who was a third round pick of the Giants He's a good he was a very good player and he was an impactful guy last year so the the Hokies should have no trouble scoring points. I mean that the Hokies are, are not going to have trouble scoring points against anybody this year, I don't believe. But that's of course Ryan Willis doesn't decide to to give the ball away.
1: Yeah, okay. So, at this point in time, I'm going to give the I I, I kind of have to do the homer thing a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Willis because last year he if he kind of screwed up one team to fix it the next game, I think he's gonna do that this time. i think, and I think that they're gonna make some adjustments. Uh, I see the I see the game going pretty much our way, not necessarily right out of the gate, but I just think we're gonna outmuscle them over a period of time and uh, something reasonably close at the half. Second half, so I'm thinking. See Hendon Hooker in the second half. I'd hope it'd be, he'd it'd be good to get him some snaps, and maybe a 42 to 17 score, and gets in on one or two of those.
0: Yeah, I think we're on as far as the score, the outcome. We're definitely seeing same things the same way. I do believe that's going to be a blowout. I think the Hokies are going to score. I think it's going to be a 45 to. 14 Hokies win I think that the game is going to be close early I think Hokies start separating themselves in the second quarter I think I think we will see plenty of Hendon Hooker on Saturday I don't I don't think he's going to be I do believe Fuente is going to give him some shots maybe early in the game just come in and do a a couple of series where he runs the ball and maybe hits a surprise pass down the field but he needs some snaps because at some point this year he's going to play and he's going to make an impact he needs to get the uh get to some snaps under his belt so i say hokies 45 and i say monarchs 14.
1: and with our little alarm clock uh we'll uh, we will say good evening have a great t- a period of time between when you listen to this and the game
0: before we wrap up we want to want to bring something to your attention uh okay. we, we, we want to uh encourage everyone to jump in on Facebook and the comments, Twitter and all forms of social media, jump in. We read every comment you say, we reply back. We appreciate everyone who listens, reads, continue, give us feedback, jump in, give your thoughts, positive, negative vent. We love it. We, we respond and we do the best we can. And thanks for joining us and go Hokies. Go Hokies.